You're listening to the Feed You Podcast. This is episode 18. Welcome to the Feed You Podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for tuning into the Feed You podcast. I'm Elisa Connor, and I'm your host. And today I have a wonderful interview with Mike Michelson of Legit Click Media. And he is going to talk to us about SEO. Now, don't freak out. Most people freak out when they think about SEO and they don't know what it is and they don't know what it means and they don't know how to use it. And I think it's really important for us to educate ourselves around those things that kind of intimidate us. SEO can be kind of intimidating, but it's super, super important for you to gain traction with your website and with any type of written communication or even video or audio communication that you're putting out there on the internet. Because if you don't have the right words plugged in to all of the different areas that you need to have them plugged into, nobody will find your content. So you're spending all of this time putting content together, creating it, whether you're making a podcast or you're creating videos or doing education or you're writing blog posts or whatever that is. If you don't have terms in that material that are searchable, nobody's gonna find it. And then you're gonna feel frustrated, you're gonna feel like it was a waste of time, and you're just gonna give up and quit. That's the last thing we want you to do because there is so much competition out there that if you're smart about the way that you plan and put your content together and then utilize some of the tips that Mike is gonna give us, there is no way that you can't be found for what you're trying to do. So with that being said, I have invited Mike Michelson to give us some inside tips about how to be an SEO strategist without being an SEO strategist. Let me tell you a little bit about Mike and his background. Mike Michelson is the owner of Legit Click Media and has always had a passion for marketing. He loves helping businesses grow through identifying and executing measurable marketing solutions. Now that's really important because a lot of us will implement marketing plans and marketing solutions or marketing items, including advertising and participating in different things that we're paying for, and we're not tracking those to see whether or not they're working. Mike, with every chance he gets, seeks to identify new opportunities to help his clients grow and stay ahead of their competition. He has over 15 years of experience and has worked with many, many types of businesses in all different kinds of industries. He's worked with companies both across North America, but also abroad. He has well-rounded experience that has given him the qualifications to help both large and small businesses in nearly every area of business. With that being said, I think you're really going to enjoy this interview with Mike Michelson as he breaks down the fears and makes them not so scary after all. Now, you may be wondering, what does SEO stand for? Because I didn't know when I first found out, but SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. And the simplicity of it is that it just makes whatever you're putting out there searchable by Google and anyone using Google. That being said, Mike is going to break it down for us and give us the inside scoop from an SEO expert's point of view. 
help me welcome Mike to the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. It is my pleasure to have with me today Mike Michelson from Legit Click Media. Welcome, Mike. Hi there. I just told my audience a little bit about you, but I would love for you to share what is going on with you right now in your business and what is happening with SEO. You know, it's a really good place to be in with digital marketing because, you know, in this day and age with the Amazons, with the you know, digital field that's growing so much, a lot of people are now buying online versus going to the stores and being positioned in digital media. You know, I'm really at the forefront of really helping my clients figure out how best to you know, market themselves, market their products, market their services to capitalize on that, you know, the search volume that's out there. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to hop into all of your expertise. So let's get started. So let's start from the beginning because I have a lot of um, people that listen to this show and personal clients who really know just the bare minimum about SEO. They know it stands for search engine optimization, but past that it becomes really muddy water. So can we just start at a really rudimentary level and have you tell us, you know, what is SEO, why it's important? So SEO, first I'll start with why it's important. So what's nice about SEO is that there's really no cost to it. When you do SEO, there's, it's really just your effort to write, for instance, the copy that goes into search engine optimization. Um, there's no paid media that goes into it, it's free. And to define it, it's really just affecting your web copy, your website, your web presence to show up higher in search results. And again, like I said, it's really nice because there's no cost to it. And if you have a new website that you're doing, you can do it as you're working on your website before you launch. Or if you have an existing website, or sorry, if you have a, an existing website, you can just go in and optimize it behind the scenes in the copy again, in the metadata, in certain areas that search engines are, search engines are really looking for when it comes to um, showing your website pages in their search engines. Okay, so if we're just getting started with that, like what do we put in to those, like how do we find our terms? How do we find our SEO keywords? How many should we have? What does that look like? So thankfully today there's a lot of free tools that you can use. The one that I like to use is called the Google Keyword Planner. With Google Keyword Planner you can basically start with a few terms that relate to your business, that relate to your service or product, and then Google will basically show you many terms beyond that that are relevant, that are close to those terms. And then in addition to that, it'll show you the search volume associated with those terms. So basically how many people are searching, searching for those, which will then allow you to prioritize which terms you really want to go after and target. Okay. Uh, additionally, some things that you can do is look at competition, look to see what your competitors or potential competitors are also doing on their website with regard to their copy, how they're showing up in search engines, and you can see what they're using because you can see their words in their titles. And again, titles are what you click in or click on when you click into a website. So again, utilizing the free tools like Google Keyword Planner, looking at your competition, and you know, also speaking with your network, talking about other businesses, getting ideas with what others are doing as well, friends, colleagues, so on and so forth. Okay, so let's back up to the Google Keyword Tool. Is that tool free, and do you have to have um, some sort of account to get that tool? How does that work? So the 
the tool is free. And generally, though, for that, you would need something called a Google AdWords account. And Google AdWords, it's a little different than SEO. That's paid media. But you don't necessarily need to run that account to use the Google Keyword Planner. You can just have it sit in the background, not have anything running, and utilize those tools that are available through uh, the Google AdWords account. Okay, so if we're plugging all those, we have our keywords. We went in and we researched them and... Um, I'm going to use a really ridiculous example that I am a professional wrestler. And so I'm putting in everything about professional wrestling and how to become a professional wrestler and what you need to eat to become a professional wrestler, all that kind of stuff into my keywords. And so I have this, this list of keywords. Do you recommend that they be short keywords like um, wrestling business or should they be really long? I think it's, there's multiple ways you can look at that. So I think a combination is good, but it really depends upon the industry, depends upon the competition, depends upon just how many people are searching for those terms and also optimizing for those terms. So what you'll find with short terms or terms that are only one or two keywords long is they're more generic, but they also probably have more search volume, but also with more search volume comes more competition. So more people are targeting those terms. So a strategy that you might want to look at trying is actually going after the longer tail terms that aren't two words long, but are three, four, five words long because you would have a likely a better chance of showing up for those because there's less competition for those particular words because there's longer, less generic and more focused type of words. Right. Could you give us an example of what that would look like? Um, yeah. Wrestling. This is a tough one. Wrestling, uh, finding wrestlers near me would be oh. a long one. Um, okay. You did wrestling. good. Wrestling was a weird topic. I know. I just pulled it out of here. I'm not much of a wrestler. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna, I'll give you a better example with a, for instance, a plumbing client of mine. He does drain cleaning in the Minneapolis area. So instead of just doing plumber, lots of searches on plumber, I would do something like, um, repair my leaky pipe or repair frozen pipe or um, fix clogged toilet. And to go even more granular, if it's a regional type client, you could put in also regional modifiers or target regional modifier areas like Minneapolis or where I live in, in Delafield and put plumbing repair Delafield or frozen pipe Delafield. And the idea behind that is if you're regionally focused, you have a much better chance of showing up for anyone searching for that region and with those keywords. That, that's a great example. Thank you for pulling that out. So now, <coughs> excuse me. So now we have our keywords and where, like how do we plug those in? Because I've gone to a lot of websites and they, you know, it's very obvious they know their keywords because they use them in every other sentence and it becomes a little bit obnoxious. So yeah. how, Sorry, there's a fine line, too, about how much you want to use those terms. And, you know, keyword density is what it's called. And you can use them too much. So I'd very much caution against using them in every single paragraph, every single header of your website. You don't need to do that. That's keyword stuffing. Um, secondly, the one thing that we should also look at, too, is how many terms per page you really should target on a per page basis of your website because there's only really so much area in the backend code and the metadata and the copy 
that you can optimize for. So with that said, I'd really recommend that you target two, three, four terms per page and not try to target, you know, 10, 20, 30. It's just, it's not possible. Again, it, it, for these reasons that I'll talk about here in a minute. And related to that is when we're optimizing for those terms and we've identified the two, three, four that we want to go after, one of the best areas to put that into, into practice is in what's called the metadata of the website. So metadata is the title tag description tag. The title tag is the blue link that you see in the search results. Uh, it's the one you click into and to go to that page on a, a search engine or from a search engine. And then the description is the sentence or two below the title tag that describes what the page is about. So first off, you want to put those terms in the title tag. And again, that's in the backend code. And a lot of website builders these days have plugins that allow you to do that pretty easily in the backend. So like WordPress, for instance, there are plugins that Yoast plugin, for instance, that you can go in, quickly put in your title tag, put in your description tag, and then hit save and publish. Beyond the metadata, areas that you want to put your keywords into are the title tags, or the sorry, the header tags. Um, and the header tag is kind of the bigger, I guess, descriptions that you would see above a paragraph. Usually they're four, five, six words long. They're bigger than the general body copy that's on the page. And there are generally a two to three that are commonly used, H1, H2, H3. The higher the number, generally the lower priority you're telling Google to give to that, and the smaller that copy appears as a header. So in addition to headers then, obviously in your copy, you want to put those terms in your copy but not overdo it like I mentioned earlier. And it's also important to put those terms, I'd say, more upfront in your copy as well. So don't wait to the bottom of your website copy. Wait, do it sooner. Put it in the, the top part of your, your page, basically. And then reinforce those or close variants of those in the copy throughout the rest of the page. And then a couple other areas that you can also look at are um, in, in alt tags. And alt tags are basically assigned to images. So Google has a hard time reading just straight up images. So one thing that you can do is you can tag those images in what's called the alt tags or alt text with relevant words. But again, you're not trying to keyword stuff. You're trying to describe in a way, ideally using your keywords, what those images on your website are all about. Nice. And how does that work for video? I know a lot of people have video on their website these days. My understanding is that Google can't read video either. So would you do the same thing? Yeah, my understanding with that is, and I've done a little bit of this, is the video itself, there are tags that you can apply to the video. Uh, you can give the video a title, for instance, and in that title, you can basically put those terms. Again, you don't want to overstuff the title and use too many words and things like that, but describe what the video is about. And right. now that I, I think about that too, I think it's important that we talk about length of some of these things. So earlier I mentioned titles and descriptions and things like that, you know, there are certain requirements in terms or best practices in terms of how long those things should be. So the, again, the title tag, the thing you click on to go to the actual website, generally speaking, you don't want that to be more than 70 characters long. Um, probably even a little less, 60 to 65 is ideal. If you go beyond that, then 
it'll cause your title tag to truncate and you won't be able to read the full title tag when you see it in the search engine. And then the, the description, generally speaking, I try to stick between about 140, 160 words for the description. And thankfully, Google's expanded that area recently to show more text in that area. So I'm less concerned about the length of the description. But again, an area that you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to put in 300 characters or that's just way too much in that area. Right. And I, I use Yoast SEO for as my plugin. I really enjoy it because it gives you the red, yellow, green light. Um, so you know exactly what to fix and then it gives you recommendations. So I can put a link to that in the show notes and I am going to create a download for this episode so that I can give you a visual for those of you listening to, to understand the different title tags that Mike is talking about, because it's really important to know where those are and how to fill those in. So thank you for that in-depth description. So the big question everybody's going to want to know, Mike, is, you know, the, the joke is if you're, where's the best place to hide a dead body on page two of Google? How do we get on the first page? Can we get on the first page? Again, I think it, it depends upon your service, your product. In a real world example, I think you definitely could. Again, starting with the low level fruit that often goes missed. So when I talk with clients, prospective clients, I often see many of these things that I've talked about already today that go missing and, you know, basic SEO type things, having in enough words in your title tag and your description tag, utilizing those terms in your copy. If you're regionally focused, making sure that you're targeting your top regions, things like that. If you've done those low hanging fruit things and you are still not ranking and you're still not showing up on page one, then you got to look to other avenues, other avenues, that you could look at would be you know, Google My Business. So those maps that you see that you show up when you put in someone's, or put in an industry or something like that, or put in a business name and those maps show up with directions. Those I think are a big component, um, if not to your SEO, at least to also driving traffic to your website, which is the main focus of SEO in the first place. So that's one thing. The other thing that you can do is look at you know, other link building type opportunities. So, so far we've talked about on-page things that you can do. So things that you can manipulate with the copy, with the title, description tag, so on and so forth. But as you've done that, then you should start to look at where else can I basically link or put my website out there that can drive traffic to my business. And aside from the, the copy and the code in the back end, those are big factors that Google's looking for as well as how many other relevant websites out there are linking to my website or the client's website. The more typically the better, especially if they're relevant, especially if they're high quality sites, that I would say is as beneficial, if not more beneficial than um, doing the, in the copy and optimizing the title and description tags. It's more complicated and it's more time consuming and it takes a lot of effort on people's parts. But if you're, Spending time there, you've done all the low-hanging fruit things, and then you're link building, you're getting in social media, and you're getting yourself out there. Again, you greatly increase your chances of getting on that first page. So how do you have a process that, you know, just real simple process that can get people started on getting back? I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about backlinks when you talk about people coming um, to link to your page and different articles. So do you have any recommendations for people to get started on that or how to reach out to people and get them to 
link to yeah. articles on their page? So a real simple way that I sometimes use, and I, I have other software, more robust software, but the, an easier way that you can do is just use the search engines yourself and search for your products, your services, businesses like yours, and see what shows up. In some cases, you might see blogs out there that you know, are good opportunities for you to reach out to those bloggers and you know, ask for you know, links back to your site or ask if you can do some guest posting and things like that. Look for opportunities or other websites that show up in those search results where you can go and ask for mentions, ask for people to reference your copy, your, your services, your business, and just utilize what you see through your own research after looking at what is showing up in a search result, again, on Google and Bing, et cetera. Okay, great tip, great tip. So the other thing that um, comes up in my world a lot is, you know, Google is moving into, well, they've been in the, you know, pay us to show up higher on the page business, and that's how they make a living. But a lot of people are, one, either turned off by Google ads when they are searching, or two, don't necessarily have the funding to run a Google ad on a regular basis. So how do we compete with those people that are paying to be seen first? That's a good question. Um, again, focusing on those things that are free, focusing on those elements that, again, often go missed, do what you can there. And if you have to go the paid route, you know, a strategy that I often look at is you know, looking at the terms that you have coverage for, that you're ranking for, and trying to have a blended mix where you have the ones that you're trying to show up for organically that are free, and have a more narrowed focus on the ones that are paid with the idea that you can control your budget, control your costs, if you're not going after the full gamut, if you're not trying to optimize for every keyword possible or pay, excuse me, pay for every keyword possible. And instead, look where you're ranking well organically and then take a branch of those terms where you're not ranking so well and, and optimize those or pay for those keywords to show up in the, you know, the first positions. One thing that I really want to emphasize that you talked about uh, a little earlier in this conversation was the terms that you're looking to put in there for keywords. You gave some really good examples of questions that people that would be your clients or prospects would ask when you said, you know, broken pipe repair in Duluth or, or wherever they are. Um, and I think I, I just wanted to point that out to our listeners that you have to be aware of the questions that your audience is asking and what you may be asking because you sometimes have blinders on in your business may not be the same thing that your audience is asking. And so do you have any tricks or tips that you could share with people to kind of delve in to figure out what those questions are or any, you know, brainstorming techniques or anything that you use with clients to get you know, in there and dig on those, those questions and what they would be. And then the second piece of that that goes along with it is if you don't have a local business and you're still trying to rank, so say you service people all over the United States or even all over the world, how does that affect your, how you come up with those terms? So talk first about you know, those questions. And I think that kind of boils down to the, the terms that people may be using to find you. And part of the questions that they may be asking during that process. But those questions that they have, often they start with the search engine by typing those in via their, via their terms. 
So that I go back to, again, using the, those tools, the keyword research tools, keyword planner, and your own searches online to see what others in similar industries are trying to optimize for. And again, with the way that they extrapolate from a set of initial terms, say again, three, and we'll show you additional ones up to several hundred. Oftentimes I have, you know, when I'm doing keyword research, I see as many as four or five, 600 variants show up. And then based on that, what I do is I review them with the client to get an idea of, okay, which ones are relevant? Which ones do you think would be able to drive traffic to the website, but also convert once that traffic goes to the website? Um, so that, I hope that answers your question with regard to you know, how the questions that they might ask and then how you make sure you cover all those questions. It does. Okay. Uh, with regard to the international targeting, that's, that's definitely harder because you then can't necessarily focus on regional terms. So that's where I think it becomes even more important beyond, again, the low-hanging fruit stuff, to get into the link building, to get into you know, as much social media channels as you can, to start blogging, to really reach out to the key players in your respective industry and try to find them and try to network with them, try to get basically as many mentions, as many links throughout all those varying websites, channels, blogs, so on and so forth. And as you do that, your link or your backlinks are going to increase, your mentions are going to increase, and ideally you know, you'll start to rank higher in those search engines over competitors that hopefully aren't doing as many of those activities as you are doing. Great tips, great tips. Uh, this has been a wealth of information, holy moly, and I hope that we didn't lose some people along the way, but if we did, um, I'm going to have them, I'm going to recommend them come and talk with you personally. So to wrap up the interview, normally what I do is I want people to get to know a little bit more about you personally, so I have what are called my coffee date questions. These are questions that I would likely ask you if we are on a coffee date. So let's jump into those and just learn a little bit more about you. So the first, the first one I have, this is just kind of a generic one, but do you have a favorite book or business book that you recommend on a regular basis? I, I'm going to turn that to more of an online channel. So I, I like to read and do my research online. And I, one of the key websites that I like to use and, and reference on an ongoing basis is searchengineland.com. And they have several articles, posts, things that are updated on a regular basis. Um, for me, in my business, I cover many different things. SEO is one, but I do social media marketing, search, uh, pay-per-click advertising, display advertising, and that website does a great job of, of giving me the latest updates and things that are constantly changing in my industry. So not a book, but more of an online publication that speaks more to you know, the services that I provide. Awesome. And that just made me think of a question. So I'm going to go backwards for just a minute. A lot of, so the, the word on the street, lack of a better term, is that Facebook advertising is really the best bang for your buck. And I, I'm always curious and people that I speak with are curious, you know, how does that compare to Google and is that true? And I know it, it's constantly changing, but from your perspective right now, as of recording this, what is the best bang for your buck in paying for advertising? With regard to Facebook, it depends what 
starting with Facebook, it depends what type of Facebook advertising you're doing. So there are a lot of companies that simply will go out and do what's called a boosted post, basically publishing or, or advertising one of their posts, could be a video, could be a call to action, could be any type of post, choosing what I would consider to be a fairly generic audience, but again, somewhat specific because you can target by gender, age, region, so on and so forth. That's the one area. The second area with Facebook advertising is Facebook remarketing. And this is done by placing a pixel on your website so you're able to remarket to people in Facebook who've already been to your website and shown interest. So if you were to ask me which best bang for your buck with regard to Facebook specifically, I think that doing the Facebook remarketing is definitely the best bang for your buck because you're able to target users specifically who have already shown some interest by visiting your website. Whereas if you're doing the other form and you're just you're broadly boosting a post, yeah, you might be hitting relevant audiences based on gender, based on age, based on region or location, but that can only get you so far. Um, with regard to more of a general, all the things that you can do, SEO is really nice because there's no paid cost in that. It, like I said, aside from maybe hiring somebody to help you with it, that's a one-time labor cost generally unless you have an ongoing SEO type engagement, which is usually less anyways than paying for ads, which you know, in some cases I have clients that keyword costs and clicks cost 20, 30 bucks, 40 bucks a click. You don't have to worry about that with SEO. Uh, okay. Another one, email marketing. You know, there's some that say email marketing is not as vibrant or working as well these days, but I think it's one of those things that should be done because it's, again, a lower-hanging fruit type activity that is not terribly expensive. You pay for someone's time to either design an email or you can use templated versions yourself through various platforms like MailChimp and send them out at a very low cost. Okay. <clears throat> awesome. So what I'm kind of hearing is you need really a combination of SEO, email, and some some type of advertising to promote what you're doing because a lot of the people that are getting started in business or getting started with online marketing still are still trying to build their list. They're still trying to create an email list. It's still trying to create that uh, following and presence. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree. I think that it's important, especially in this day and age with so many different avenues and channels out there to reach customers that you get in as many as you can that you can effectively manage. So one caveat to that is I don't recommend getting in every single social media platform that exists. You don't need to advertise in every single search engine that exists, but choosing the right ones for your audience, choosing the ones that you have the time either through yourself or through your resources to manage effectively. I think it's better to have fewer and manage them well than a ton of them and not manage them well at all or not enough. And I see that a fair amount. So yes, yeah, so to answer your question, though, having a good mix of various channels to reach potential customers is definitely recommended, certainly in social, certainly with a website presence that's optimized. If you can paid media, which is nice because you can get to market fast. It's highly measurable. 
And then additionally with email marketing and then any other more traditional types of marketing. And the idea there is you can reach them in multiple touch points, stay top of mind. And eventually when that need is, is prevalent, they'll think of you firsthand. Perfect. What do you and buy your product, buy your service. Perfect. Thank you for that clarification. I think that's really going to help some people. All right, back to our favorite questions. Uh, <clears throat> thanks for taking me on, uh, going on a detour with me really quick there. Welcome. So uh, three things that you do that start your day off with a bang. I always got to have my coffee in the morning. <laughs> I, um, in the mornings, I like to just you know, read through email, structure my day. I, I'm one that needs a little bit of structure, needs a little balance. and. Sometimes that comes with creating a list, kind of goals, things that I want to accomplish in the day. And usually that gets me on the right track. And I, I don't try to rush right in and do the hard work right away. I try to, you know, again, bring balance, wake up a little bit, and prioritize my tasks. And sometimes what's tough is, and especially in my world when I have a fair amount of clients, you know, prioritizing. And I, I think that's a, a key thing to focus on is, making sure your, your tasks starting in the morning are aligned with your priorities in the day because things change a lot in my world. Right. I like that. Good, good tips. Okay. Here's some fun ones. Batman or Superman? Uh, Superman. Oh, how come? I think that he'd win in a fight. <laughs> I like it. I don't want to give away the movie, but he didn't win. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a va uh, favorite vacation spot that is unusual or different? You know, when I was younger, I, I did a lot more traveling than I do now. And I took a summer and went to Europe. And in that, in that trip, I went to Greece. And I would say that if you'd ask me where I'd want to go right now, it would be Greece with my wife. And uh, my son's a little young yet, but maybe in, in time, I'd want to go with my son when he's a little older. Nice. What did you love about it? Oh. One more area that I did just go to that I enjoyed was the Willamette, Willamette Valley in uh, Oregon. If you're a wine drinker and like drinking Pinot, I'd recommend going to that area. We just got back a week or so ago and drank a lot of good wine. Nice. Um, I, I went this summer too and we stayed at the Oregon Garden Resort, which okay. is right in the area. Did you happen to go by there? I don't know what town was that. What city? Silverton, Silverthorn, Silver something, Silverton. Or Silver. I'm sure we were drove by there, so we took a day to drive around the area with a with a guide, and we saw lots of beautiful wineries. You know, we did some tastings and things like that. Where we stayed was in the town of McMinnville, and really nice, quaint town. Not too touristy or anything like that, but it had some fun things to do and. Plenty of tasting rooms and different varietals to, to try. Nice. Did you have a favorite wine that you brought home with you because you loved it so much? Oh, that's the problem. I brought home all sorts of wines. So it's hard to have a favorite. We, um, Jay Christopher was one that we brought home. Beaufrere is another one I, I get a lot locally here and also went to there when we, when we visited. Um, Susan Chambers. Um, few other ones. Hard to remember them all. My wife should be here. She could rattle them off like, like nothing. <laughs> nice. That sounds like a fun uh, rest of the winter for you guys. So good for you. 
Well, I appreciate you so much for being here and sharing all of your knowledge and your expertise and your insight. And I would love for people to be able to connect with you one-on-one. -on -one. So where is the best place for us to find you? Well, you can find me online. That is legitclickmedia.com. So L-E-G-I-T clickmedia.com. Awesome. And I will put all of those in the show notes so you guys don't have to worry about spelling and you can just click on it and get over and talk to Mike. So thanks so much for tuning in and I appreciate you so much being here, Mike, and sharing all of your wisdom. And I am so grateful for you. So thanks again. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, guys. Today's episode is brought to you by the Feed You community, the community that is being created on Facebook that's free for you to join, where we can continue the conversation that happens on this podcast and have an opportunity to build each other up, share ideas, share information, and really have a community that we can go to with like-minded individuals who are really in it to give back, live their purpose, and even better, share their knowledge and information with others in the group. If you're interested in joining that community, you can find it on facebook.com forward slash feed you community. Can't wait to see you inside, hear your ideas, hear your feedback, and learn more about you. See you inside again, facebook.com forward slash the feed letter U community. Thanks for listening to the Feed You podcast at www.alisaconnor.com forward slash podcast. 